to marketing as a foreign language. This the 281st episode. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't know if y'all believe in coincidences. Caroline, the incredible Caroline, teacher of the year, team member on Send It Rising, uh, I do believe may have double booked guests today. And so two fine folks appeared in the backstage area. And I thought to myself, this is perfect. Why is it perfect? Because you got to roll with it. If you're an entrepreneur, you absolutely have to. And you got to be honest, which is why I'm telling you why the thumbnail is all about Buzz Buzinski. But we got someone else that we're going to introduce you today who knows all about Facebook ads. And you're going to love them because we love them. First up, we've got Michael Buzz Buzinski, second time on the show, CEO of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing, lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader. Don't you dare call him Mike. It's Michael, leader and author, dubbed a quote, visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association. He gets great satisfaction from helping entrepreneurs avoid the time drain, et cetera. Welcome to the show, the one, the only Buzz Buzinski. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, whoa, whoa, appearing and disappearing from the, from the screen itself, we've got Arman Ananian. He has had the chance to work with some of the biggest names in online marketing, such as Frank Kern and Grant Cardone. He built ads for more than 200 companies, acquired top-level know-how on an online advertising uh, programs. Coming to us from España, the one and only Arman Ananian. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Let's go. So um, backstage, we're talking a little bit about what each of us do. We're employing different strategies, but we're basically three dudes with beards in marketing. <laughs> so let's start with the question. What's working for you to grow your agency in 2021? Buzz, we'll start with you. Uh, right now, I think the biggest one is the introduction of my new book, The Rule of 26. Famous plug. There you go. Uh, always marketing, right? So, uh, but you know, over during COVID, I, I wrote this book uh, to simplify the marketing strategies for service-based businesses so that I can boil down what I do for them and we can identify one of three objectives to start with that will move their uh, revenue needle uh, immediately. And if we get all through all three, we will compound the effects to 100% or doubling of the revenue coming from their website. So that yes. is working really well for me. Good. So let's talk a little bit about books. Um, Armand, before we leave you completely out of this conversation, have you written the book? Or are you interested in writing a book? No, absolutely. It's, it's great. It's so interesting. Also during the pandemic, I wrote uh, uh, our ebook that we have that we give out for, to people for free, which is called "How to Get Exceptional Results in Online Advertising," and it's basically a guide diagnosing what's going on with your ads and how can you improve it. It gives you ideas on targeting, gives you ideas on the offer, on the creatives, and then some tips on the landing page. But probably Buzz's guide on that side is better. But it's almost like focused on ads. How can you diagnose them and make them better? And uh, it, people can go get it at rfmedia.com/slash. Uh, ebook and it's for free they can they yeah can learn. It's, it's right there they can download it into their cerebellum um so here's my problem with books first of all who reads anymore does anyone does there anyone out there that reads i'm kidding of course because i read but what i'm saying is lots of people are skimming let's be honest and everyone's selling their ebook their free download the the information overload is is so incredibly like saturatingly annoying that i think people are just to throw their hands up that being said having written a book myself sitting down with a client 
handing them the physical copy of the book, signing the stupid thing, knowing that it's just going to collect dust somewhere, you know, for, for what, like, but every now and then I would have someone come back and be like, you know, I read your book and up, 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 up. And I'm like, I didn't expect anyone to read it when I wrote it. I just mm-hmm. didn't expect it. So um, based on your experiences, gentlemen, um, has anyone read your book? What do you hope to get from the book? Well, we'll start with Buzz again, then we'll go to Armand. Uh, so people are actually reading my book. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm surprised. I did not write the book to get, uh, you know, New York bestseller or anything like that. Uh, that's a quick way to go poor. But um, I'm finding that people are reading eBooks and I am planning on doing an audiobook as well to go along with it. But yeah, people, I, I literally had a, an agency, a branding agency pick up my book and they're actually using it for their company because they're not digital marketers, they're branders. And so um, you'd be surprised at how many people do read and it's a shook. So it's short. So mm-hmm. I, I, I took all the BS out of all the marketing books I've ever read. I took all the BS of people's like stories and anecdotal, you know, nuances and all the other crap. I just said, nope, we're going to just going to be straight to the point. I even have my first chapter is who should read the book. So if you don't meet the criteria of who should read the book, um, you don't buy the book because the chapter first chapter is free on Amazon. But I don't want to waste people's time because of that. I love that kind of like we not being afraid that everyone's not going to read your book and going right to your target audience. That's good. Armand, what about your ebook? Yeah, for me, it's been very, very organic. We haven't been pushing it uh, too much. Um, we're focusing on like, for example, appointment settings, stuff like that in terms of ads. So I don't have data, honestly, on, on reads. Uh, I could go back and like see, you know, opt-ins and I have some tracking links inside of the ebook. So, uh, but that's definitely one interesting thing that I, I probably have to do. Yeah. So my big thing with the book when I released it was I did the audiobook. There's something called uh, ACX, I want to say, that you can go and you have to create a custom cover. It's square. It's different. Mm-hmm. You go through the whole like song and dance. And then they put it on places like Audible and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What I made the terrible decision of doing the audiobook myself. So the, the first thing I realized is I'm trying to be someone I'm really not when I'm reading this book. Like there's just so much ego to like sound <laughs> like someone that, you know what I mean? And, and I was just like, oh God, so I had to deal with that whole thing. And then I'm not a sound engineer, like getting into it, like the clicking and horrifying sounds that were coming out of my mouth that I had to go in. And then I start, I start going down the rabbit hole and I realized this is just sound engineering 101 for people that really do this the right way. Um, and then I finally released the stupid thing after I, I mean, countless hours of going over this thing with a fine tooth comb and I doubled up a chapter. So there's like a chapter and you finish it and it's just that chapter. <laughs> oh my and God. you should see the requirements ACX has to, to, to put an audiobook together. Like the floor of this certain decibel range can't be this and it has to be this and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I put a tremendous amount of work into something that returned me almost nothing. Um, so lessons learned. So if I were you, Buzz, I would just pay, find someone, here's your 3000 or whatever it is, and just get them to do it and just move on with your life. That's my two cents. This is, this is the funny part. I started my first, the first rendition of my current company was an, as an audio recording uh, studio. Okay, so you actually know things. I actually have all of the the things that make uh, reading this book right here will be an afternoon. 
Okay. And then going back and taking out the ums, the uhs, and, and whatever pauses that I had, oh. that kind of stuff. I actually did a audio CD back in the day before they had internet audiobooks of uh, Jeff King. He, at the time, had won the most Iditarod race championships um, at the time. And he's well known in the dog sled racing arena up in Alaska. And around the world, actually, he's what he's world renowned in that in those in those urns. So yeah, very very familiar of what it takes to to make an audiobook. It's not fun for those of you that aren't buzz. It's really hard. <laughs> Please, if you don't if you don't know and you don't have the equipment, like having the right microphone. Like I wouldn't even use this microphone that I'm using right now. I have other microphones that I would use specifically for that presence, getting the bass from your diaphragm and all the other things that that make a good voice on audio um, is definitely something that you should pay for. Don't try to do it yourself. Yeah, it's I mean, you can if you want to learn the lessons, go right ahead. But, you know, oh, you in, just, into your business the is doing that bad that you have that much free time dude. into the circle of hell you go. If you want to sound <laughs> halfway decent. Um, but I do think, and we're going to get to Armand, we're going to talk about Facebook ads in a second here, but I do want to mention the diaphragm. Did you know that the diaphragm upon inhalation, and we're getting an echo, I don't know if someone needs to put on headphones or not, but um, the diaphragm, when we inhale, it compresses, so it's the muscle that does that. And what it does is it forces atmosphere, the atmospheric pressure into the lungs. And thank you, Bud, for, for getting these headphones on, because we're definitely getting a pretty gnarly echo coming through. How about that? Test, test, one, two, three. Um, well, we'll see. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Armon. Armon might be the culprit on the echo. I'm not sure what the where it's coming from. But uh, Armon, let's talk a little bit about Facebook ads. That's your specialty. Um, are you working with local service-based businesses? Give me an example of something you do Facebook ads for and how it's worked. Yeah, so for example, we do, we have, uh, we have for example, real estate coach, she, you know, she sells like coaching packages and also, um, you know, a master class, a webinar, stuff like that. Um, we also generate B2B leads uh, for, you know, a big company. Um, what else? We have a Inicon client, um, another lean generation, and then, yeah, another lead generation, which is this one. Last one is funny. It's in the, well, it's interesting, not funny. It's in, uh, we're helping um we're helping a rehab center uh with leads of people you know to that want to you know uh, drop their addiction basically yeah yeah so let's talk about addiction and let's talk about facebook ads so uh so buzz i have muted you just heads up the echo is coming from your from your land somehow some way um give me the thumbs up and i will i'll unmute you so arman my question for you is uh so you've got people who are depressed they are maybe suicidal. Um, these people are not uh, in a good way, right? If they're looking for addiction recovery of some way, shape or form, um, a lot of the criticism that advertisers get is they, they harp on either sex or fear, right? So they're, they're playing in those spaces a lot. Um, how do you reach out to someone who is suffering from an addiction in a way where it's gonna convert for the, um, for the rehab center? But it's but it's uh, there's some soul to it. Talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a process we're you know constantly working on. It's not like we're perfect at it. Um, these people, at some point, it's very interesting. Like we can get deep. I don't want to bore you guys, but uh, people might 
have a small window of wanting to get help and then they go back to their bad habits right so it's very it's very tricky you know to even like even if it's really someone that really needs help and whatever then maybe they're not picking up the phone they're you know they're not, maybe not replying back you know they're you know so there's a lot of factors what we're uh, seeing that works is our best piece of creative apart from the targeting um uh, that that is also working well the, the creative that's working the best is is actually a video clip um it's a video clip saying basically hey you know i feel you i know you what you're going through uh you know we can help basically that's that's what it says um that's our best piece of creative that that we're getting and probably if you talk to me in, in a month we'll find something better or or not or this will be yeah yeah it's fascinating to me i mean because i mean buzz i want to get your thoughts on this too but it it feels like reaching out to someone in the throes of addiction yes you want to empathize with them but that's a pretty heavy burden you know because you're i mean that mm -hmm. ad itself that's that's no that's no joke i mean you're you're reaching out to somebody um you know who really needs help and if they see the ad the other thing too is like can you imagine seeing addiction recovery ads and going god i'm an addict i'm getting ads for addiction recovery that's in and of itself has got to be gnarly like why are they serving me these ads how do they know so i kind of want to talk about the the demographic targeting too like how are you targeting addicts uh, but we'll get that in a second buzz your thoughts i think that you are dead on with video um i th I, I think if you approach it with an empathetic uh tone and so it's less about being an addict and more about what it feels to be an addict so that it's not necessarily just addicts that are going to tune into it but then once you see the the content you're like oh, okay so this is for people who are in this situation because of drug addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever addiction they're they're dealing with so i think you could you could definitely create nuance there and 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 still do what you want to do uh and not drive people away from the acceptance is what you're kind of uh kellen you're you're um you're alluding to so i definitely think that video is like and facebook like one of the only ways to stick out period. yeah i could see it being a little bit of a tearjerker my question for you armand is 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 there a button where you can pick the addict on facebook like marijuana enthusiast <laughs> opiate <laughs> like, like no. what how do you target is it like 25 to 35 i mean talk to me about your demographic targeting absolutely so so and uh, yeah as buzz says no here's the thing um what we use is a combination of a couple of things uh, what we actually want is people who can pay for a treatment center. Uh, and we are, you know, that the company, so, so, so what I mean by that is, it's not cheap. Uh, it's not cheap. You know, you guys know. And, um, but we are, they are developing, I'm excited because they're developing, they're developing a, you know, more affordable stuff, you know, where they get, you know, consulting and they, you know, people talk with them, they pay for their time and they counsel them. Right. But uh, to answer your question, uh, one of the key things is, hey, can they pay for this? Yes or no, right? And then we go into details, you know, do they have private insurance? Do they not? So a lot of the times is uh, picking the people that have private insurance and then showing them the message that, uh, you know, resonates with being an addict, you know? So that's, so that's are we one. are we are we assuming that these people are just addicts then like there's no targeting of like they like skateboarding we are assuming that skateboarders are addicts or are there no. are there, there like what activities 
You know what I mean? Like, like uh, I don't think you. I don't think you are. I think that you're. He's doing. He's doing uh, demographics instead of psychographic, uh, and just basically picking an audience. In and the thing is this: how many people do you know who are an addict, and you're not? So you know. So you could be uh, in front of people who are not themselves addicts, but then go, "Wow, that looks just like John. I should probably pass this on to John." So, you know, being too targeted in what he's, he's working on could actually work against you. Right. I see what you're saying. I just, I have this theory that Facebook targeting is just out of like a 1984 George Orwellian dystopian <laughs> nightmare thing. And you can target whoever you want sort of thing. Uh, but I'm not the Facebook expert. So I'm asking Armand going like, how granular are we going? Yeah, on- in reality, absolutely. Um, the, the, in reality, um, it, it, it's all with your offer and copy the way you're going to filter out. So you, it, you know, that your copy acts as a gatekeeper. A lot of times the targeting itself is not very, very, very precise mm-hmm. or precise uh, at all, but like with your copy and, and then, you, you know, we also have some qualifying questions on a Facebook form. Those two things, uh, you know, get us better quality, you know? So if you're an addict, we wouldn't, I wouldn't say this, I'm just talking bad, but if you're an addict, you know, watch this, right? So if you're not an addict, you're not interested, right? So kind of stuff like that, you know, is what we're using the copy to filter out. Okay. We could probably still do a, uh, like a geofence around certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. So you could get, not be in front of the people who can't afford it, right? Or not, might be not associated with people who are in that same demographic. Um, so we're doing that. We're doing mm-hmm. yeah, and then so it's, yeah, that, you got the yeah. and then you got your salary range. I just find it fascinating that you do you do the geofence, you do the salary range, but there isn't you, you don't dive that much further into it than that. Can they afford it? We're assuming they or someone they know is an addict, and and then the the call to action. I think it sounds to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is just call us. Yeah, they, send, you have a form, right? Yeah, they fill out a form. They we. Ask do you are you or do you know someone in a, an active addiction? And then the second question was, would you like to hear about you know what we do, our services? And then the, immediately they go to a call call now, you know uh, button. Uh, so yeah, I have a question for you. Have you thought mm-hmm. of possibly doing it? Is if they say they don't have an addiction, do you know somebody who does? And then like somehow have a refer? I don't know how that works exactly, but like have a referral style type of thing mm, that's that's actually very interesting that's very, so then, very you, what you could, so then you could send them information that they could pass on to whom they know is an addict or needs help that's, or an intervention that's so powerful that's so powerful hey uh hey buzz i have callen call callen told me you know you had some you had some issues you know he really cares about you we want to help you out right you could do it that uh, way i was thinking more example. like you would i think you would more right. I, I was thinking more of giving that person the information to share with their relative or friend who needs help right so it's it's more them okay. taking it to that you know to that person who may or may not see your ad and even if they do they might not click on it because they're in denial still but they're giving them information maybe they use that for an intervention maybe you give them information on how to do an intervention and yeah. seek help and accept and all that other stuff like you so yeah. you're basically empowering that, them that's to where get an that. ebook starts making sense is is here's right. an intervention ebook right, right on how you can intervene and help also here's four youtube videos that here's mm-hmm. the 
the most frequently asked questions that people mm-hmm. who have an addict in their life struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you send them to your YouTube channel, to your stuff, you know, um, so that they start seeing you as a, well, not just seeing you, but experiencing you as an expert in the field. So yeah, I like that mm-hmm. sort of bifurcated. You bring them in right at the top. You say, I am either A, struggling with addiction or B, I know someone who's struggling with addiction and they go to two different landing pages. They have two mm-hmm. very different experiences mm-hmm. um, and both are obviously trying to drive phone calls. You know, if, if you just want us to help you support someone through addiction, that should be something that this place helps with as well, either mm-hmm. through giving out things like eBooks and videos or, or whatever. But no, I think that's a pretty good idea. I've worked, I worked with an intervention helpline, um, in back in the day. And that was one of the things that was the, the core was actually finding people that had families so that, so they were identifying the addict because usually the addict's not going to self diagnose. So it's usually trying to find the friends and family that are being affected by the addiction and then having a program for them to bring that addict into the fold and get them the help they need. Right. So that might be even something that the organization you're working for could f- bring into their service offering. So like, Hey, we have this service store. We'll help you get your loved one into good hands. That's amazing. That's such a great idea. And and to tell you some stats, cause we have asked about this cause we, we want to know it's 50, 50. So 50% people come in saying, Hey, I need help. 50% comes the family or the friend saying, Hey, he needs That's help big. or she needs help. Right. That's a big and chunk. <laughs> So, so yeah, pretty big chunk, you know, so we don't want to forget about this. And with what you said, I love it. Like, hey, here, here's a down for you. And, you know, down for you. We're talking marketing. <laughs> down for you. Sir, it is. I've, I've done with you always, right? Yeah. Or a, yeah. Done, a do it yourself or a done with you. Yeah, uh, solutions yeah. to interventions. I mean, that the 50% of the people who need help will never get it before they die. Yeah. And, and, and listen, you know, who are you going to choose if we help you make an intervention and they're ready to move forward and they want to, you know, they really want to do something, you know, they're going to choose you. Right. So. Exactly. So I, that's a great idea. I'm making, I'm making it out for sure. I'll keep you guys updated, updated if I come in, come again into the show for sure. Yeah. I would love to work with a drug rehab client. I think that'd be a really, really exciting client to have um from a like an interview perspective like if i owned a drug rehab place um i would love to do a series similar to soft white underbelly i don't know if you've ever seen their content on youtube uh, mm. many millions of views this dude it's like interview number one pimp next interview <laughs> prostitute 22 years next next interview heroin addict 15 years on skid row and wow. And to see the God in these people, to see the best that these people are as they are a prostitute, as they are a pimp, as they just, I mean, they literally are going into the bathroom to shoot up halfway through the interview to come back. And you're like, whoa, he's oh my God. just done. You know? um, to give those people the time of day, 15 minutes, 30 minute interview. Tell me about your life. Let's, let's go. Um, that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um I have a theory that a lot of prisoners have some of the the, the best um, opportunities to really live that monk life. Um, because if you've been in prison for 20 years and you spent like a year of that in solitary confinement, I've heard some stories, man, from spiritual leaders where they're like, these prisoners come out, they're 50, 60. They're like, you should. They, they, their self-awareness is 
is so intense. They know who they are because they sat in that room alone with no distractions for years. And it's so funny to me yeah. that we've got like monks or like mm -hmm. Buddhist monks or whatever faith mm -hmm. tradition it is doing very similar things <laughs> to these people that we consider to be, you know, the least among us. Um, right. And so are they doing anything like that? Any sort of interviews? Are they reaching out to these people doing that sort of like shows and that, that sort of, they vibe? have a podcast. They have a podcast okay. uh, with some stories of addicts, but I think, I think your angle of, you know, bringing all these people and showing your struggle in video, I think that's, that's very powerful. So, I'm, I'm going to send them this interview. They'll take a look. And yeah, that's right. Here's your free marketing consultation <laughs> with, with Korea. I'll send Armand my bill. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, $6,000. $6,000. Um, okay, cool. All right. So that's, and, that's and Facebook. I want to add, yeah, go I ahead. add one cool thing uh, that it just like, we, you know, we, we have some clients that are like this that, you know, you, you are actually covered it's amazing you feel great then there's others just business right uh you know when you you know it's just a different level of motivation as a marketing agency marketing person working with this type of people because you know that you're changing lives you know it, like you're really tied to the outcome you know because of what you're delivering you know for the for for the work basically mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Buzz, do you have employees? Did I ask you yeah. this last time? Uh, yeah. yeah. Armand, do you have employees? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, Buzz, I, w I want you to talk to me about that. So, yes, we've got these clients. We bring them in. But then we're putting food on people's work. Their work, I mean, they're earning it, obviously. But um, talk to me about the satisfaction of being a business owner um, who is growing a company for people to work at. So for the last 16 years, I have had employees. So um, it's it's a responsibility and a honor. I that's how I look at it, right? So as a business owner, as a marketing business owner, I'm responsible for helping other entrepreneurs put food on their plate and their employees' plates. And then for me to grow, I'm responsible for putting more food on people who work for me there then put money in their pocket. So it's, I would probably say it's the hardest part of owning a business is, is having employees. And, you know, I had a multi-million dollar digital agency, not a digital agency, a creative agency a few years ago. And uh, before I reorganized it into what it is today, you know, I had 25 employees in-house and then we had subcontractors all around us and the whole nine yards. And that was probably the hardest part of keeping everybody happy was probably the hardest thing. So culture is like the the core of that, right? And so once we got that core down, it was much easier to manage. But now that I'm in this virtual, I went 100% virtual. So all 13 of my team, uh, coast to coast, uh, four different time zones, um, we're all working together on projects and it's a completely different culture. Um, so, you know, the, the question is, what do I feel about it? I feel, I, I feel accomplished that I can create a virtual culture that people have nothing in common, don't live in even the same states, don't e have never even seen each other's faces, and somehow they're they're creating what we used to have to be face to face, forty hours a week to do right, and that's just 
I think that has something to say about my processes and the, the culture of what, you know, the client first and then being a, so it's a client centric um, company with a client, I'm sorry, client uh, employee centric company with client centric, uh, centric uh, uh, employees. Right. And so if I always do that egg, it always works. Yeah. It's uh, similar to what's happening in my world, fully virtual. I, I actually one time met Caroline. Uh, no, I'm not, not even Caroline. I've never met her. Shirley. I met Shirley once and it was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> How we long did she work for you before you met her? A couple years. Yeah, yeah years, so that's you know? weird, right? Oh, like, it's so what? weird. It's like I've never <laughs> seen that angle of your being. Um, and uh, yeah, I felt yeah. so awkward because there is something about the physical presence of an individual. And and we just went out to eat. And even, you know, I've got a couple staff members here in Vegas, and I see them from time to time. And it's always just kind of, yeah, you know, there's just uh, there's a weird energy to it because you get so accustomed. That's the thing about the human animal is, man, we just will adapt to the craziest environments. We'll just adapt to what we do. Yeah, um, but uh, Armand, I want to make sure that you have a chance to chime in here um, on the same topic. Then we're going to wrap the show up. So go ahead, Armand. Uh Absolutely. And, you know, same like, um, I, you know, when I work with uh, Grant Cardone and Frank Kern, their advertising agency, uh, I went to Miami for the first time. It was actually my first time in the U.S. And, you know, seeing all these people, it, it's again, what you said, weird, but at the same time, so interesting, you know, and it's, you know, I, although I love being able to work across the continent when you talk, you know, when you were present and talk with them it's so so powerful you know but <clears throat> uh, about employees i think uh yeah i feel very grateful to have you know currently two employees and i think they're one of my biggest motivations because i see in them i see in them you know a lot of potential and a lot of uh, i really want them to win and so in order for them to win we gotta win as a company and it's just constant motivation for me to grow bigger because I want them to get paid more. You know, I want my team to get paid more, want to hire more people, help more people out, get, give more opportunities. So it's a, a very, very big, you know, source of motivations for me. Yeah, for sure. I want everyone on my on my morning call to hit six figures and we're not there yet. You know, so yeah. it's let's yeah, morning call six figures. That's sort of like the driving thing for me. Um, I want to I want us to be selfish capitalists here at the end of the show. Um, just do your 30 second uh, elevator pitch and whatever it is you want to do. Buzz, go away. Well, I you know, the the listeners, if you're interested in the rule of 26, it's really easy to uh, get a little more information on it and get it on Amazon. Um, I have a link to the Amazon um, on the rule. Or it's actually rule of two, six, the numbers two and six.com. You can check it out there. And then obviously um, if you're looking at what we're doing, as far as our choose your own adventure, digital marketing firm, go to buzzworthy.biz. Thank you, sir. Armand, go ahead. Uh, yeah. People can go to rfmedia.com slash ebook, get, get their free ebook, and then they can book a consultation with us. That's pretty much it, you know, very helpful articles on our blog. Uh, they can check it on artofmedia.com. We'll, we'll take it from there. People of the world, this is Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 281. Y'all know the drill, youtube.com forward slash send it rising for the live show, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're like most folks and you listen to us after the fact on iTunes and Spotify, we know that you love us and we love you back. We'll see y'all for the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.